Okay, welcome business transformers to, well, we're past the 50 mark, at least this week. I think we're uh, episode 51, uh, the business transformers. It is myself, David Collins, and EJ and Mokomo. Um, Bill is not with us this week. He is slammed, which um, is a testament to the growth and um, kind of the success of ECS over the past year or two. Um, and that that's great for him, but he was not able to make it this week. Just kind of back to backs, and EJ and I had to to move some time around to uh, to make this happen, but we were able to do it. So um, we wanted to talk a little bit this week, um, kind of an overall theme that goes to different practices within sales, um, but how to avoid being awkward and get to the point. Um, now, I think we want to touch on that in a couple different ways and i think there's a lot of different avenues we can take for this discussion today but the the first we were talking about it we want to talk about is kind of asking for the sale you know asking for the business when to do that how to do it in the proper manner um and then on kind of the secondary portion of this we'd like to touch on how to um appropriately you know um i guess build a strategy for networking and how to be how to not be terrible at it, essentially. Um, and a lot of that comes with just kind of diving all in, you know, being, you know, preparing for it properly. Um, I think some people are awkward just in their nature, but there are some tips uh, and some, you know, uh, uh, I'd say that if you're someone that's going to a lot of networking events and um, you're not having a lot of success from them, I think you just kind of have to retool things. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today as well. So, um, with regard to asking for the sale, EJ, what have you found is one good timing for that? And then two, what are some of the ways that you go about asking for the sale and asking for the business from a client? Yeah, you know, with, with, with asking for the sale, I think fundamentally you want to, you know, the, the, the good saying that, uh, that goes, um, you know, putting the or putting you don't want to put the cart before the horse. So obviously you don't want to ask for a sale before you even get to understand what the need is or or if you're a fit for the client or if you if you can address the specific needs. Uh, but I think that once once you once you go to first of all a client will meet with you because they have an interest in doing business with you. Whether or not they're shopping around they are looking for a. They're looking. They're looking to do business with a company, and they've called you in, or they're 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 entertaining you because they have an interest in doing business with you. No one's going to waste their time or yours if they don't have an interest. So let's get that out of the way first. Now, once as a sales professional, you do your part by asking questions, identifying the need, building building value, creating urgency, all that good stuff that we've talked about over and over again, it behooves you as a sales professional to then put it on the client, put the ball in the court, so to speak, by asking for the sale. And you can go about it however you go about it, however, whatever language you, you use, but you don't want to be so. What, for so the point is that when you meet with them, you ask the questions, you present whatever the case may be, you demo whatever that 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 final step in the process is, and you've done all all there is to be done. You don't want to leave it on the client. Say, okay, well, I wait to hear from you. I think at that point, if it's a demo or if it's a presentation, and you've answered all questions and you've asked, 
is anything else? And they say, no, you've answered all the questions. At that point, you want to ask. So is there anything else that's preventing us from moving forward, either signing a con an agreement today or moving forward to, 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 to uh, uh, supply you this product, whatever that, whatever that might be for your, for your business. But that's the point where you want to ask for the sale. And then put it on them. So if they say, "Oh, we gotta, we have to go back and you know get our our, our, our council in place or meet with the board of directors, whatever the case may be," but you've asked for the sale at that point, and then they'll tell you what that next thing is for them internally, and then you can either insert yourself or create a next step. But that's that's where you want to ask for the sale. Once you've answered the questions, build value, made yourself the company of choice. You, you you have to ask for the sale. Leaving it on the client is first of all it doesn't help you, and it's also a little bit awkward because then it makes them lose confidence in you because you're not standing up and taking a stand for we're doing business together. Yeah, it's a good point. It's if you're providing a lot of value in the whole entire process, you've done everything that the client has required. You've gone kind of above and beyond to. To really earn, you, you, one, you put forth the time. Two, you put forth the the effort. And three, you've positioned yourself in a way that puts you as kind of the selected partner or vendor. I think you really earn the ability to ask that question. Um, and if anything, the client kind of owes you at least an explanation as to you know, yes, we're going to move forward. This is what we need to do. Like you said, we need to follow this checklist. Two, if we're if you're we're not selected or or you know you are, but they say, hey, I don't know if we're going to be able to move forward because of this, this, or this. You know, an ex a, a fundamental explanation for that, because you've gone ahead and, and done all of this work for them, and your time's not free. Um, really, what we expect, or at least what I expect as a sales professional, is for clients to be as straightforward and transparent as I am. Um, and not waste my time because I'm not wasting theirs. So in that respect, I think that you've really earned, like what you were saying, you really earned the right to understand if you do have the business, okay, what are these steps to get it? You know, thank you for letting me know. There's no reason why someone shouldn't let you know that. They want you to know that you're the person so you can start preparing to actually deliver on those services. So anytime exactly. that they're going to say, no, that means that you have so many unknowns at that point, you know, because if you're already, EJ, would you, would you look at it as like, it's almost twofold? Like you want to ask one first or, you know, are we the chosen kind of partner or vendor or company that you're going to work with? And then second is, all right, we've decided that, are you going to move forward with us in this sort of time frame? Do you kind of break those into two separate um, kind of categories because they're different stages of the sales process? Well, I want to say yes, but at the same time, I want to be mindful of, you know, each, each, each situation will, 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 is, is different, is unique in its own sense. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if, if, I, if, if it's a comp competitive situation where I know they're looking at it, they're shopping around looking at a, lot of, a, lot of, a number of different solutions, a number of different options, Yes, I want to find out, are we, so far, are we the number one choice or option? Uh, but if they're not, like I met with a gentleman today who's not necessarily shopping around, 
So, you know, me asking that question will be awkward because he's not shopping around. He, you know, we met and we talked. And, and so I, I'm assuming he, he's meeting with me because he, there's something about my company, something about what we offer that, that, he, that attracted him. So there's no need really to ask if we are the company of a company of choice. At that point, I just go straight for the neck, the juggler saying, hey, what, you know, and I did, you know, so yeah. what, heck, you know, what, what's up? Can we, can we do business? Can we, can we go ahead? Uh, so, so it depends. In a, comp- in a competitive situation, I, I want to find out, are we the front runners? You know, who, you know, what's your process? Are you shortlisting from 10 to 4 to whatever the case may be? But I want to find out if we are in, that, if we are in the mix. Uh, but if it's not competitive, then I just go straight for, hey, uh, what, what's, what's preventing us from doing business? And or, how can we get this done? Yeah, you're right. No, yeah, there's definitely situations where there's no reason to bring up are we the selected partner? You know, are you you looking at competitive when they're just simply not? Especially if they're a referral to to you. I mean, there's no reason to, and they basically have given no indications, um, and even or even told you that they're just looking kind of at your services. There's no reason to you know shoot yourself in the foot for sure. Um, so that's yeah, that's I think that's important. Definitely asking. Okay, all right, we've gotten to the point where you're selecting us, and then once we're selected as kind of the, the partner of choice, you're probably still at that point working through some details of the type of package you're going to put together, type of solution, type of product, whatever that might be. From there, um, asking, you know, once you get to a point where you've exhausted and answered and addressed every single concern they have, the pricing is agreed upon, the timeline is agreed upon, um, asking for the business is just you know that should be the the cherry on top of the entire process like we live for the this the thrill of closing the sale i think why do you think it is that sales sales people are so assumptive that instead of actually getting that clarity and asking for that which is basically all you want where it eludes uh, so many people that they just assume and then, you know, things come up at the end where someone is, you know, away on vacation and can't sign and it doesn't get done in time. Or two, someone wasn't brought into the process and they didn't actually, um, you know, okay this and you end up losing a deal that way. Or three, they've already been, you know, they might not do something and they might go with someone else and just because you didn't ask, you didn't get. Why do you think that that is? Is it just fear that someone's going to say no? And I think I think you already answered the, answered the question from from asking the question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, th- I think the, the, a big piece of it is the, is the fear of rejection. That's a big piece of it, and that's why I started by saying, if a client meets with you, it's because they have an interest in doing business with you. So once once we as sales professionals can get that in our in our blood in our blood in our system, that hey, we have a meeting. We have a presentation opportunity. We have a demo opportunity. It's 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 only because the client has some interest. So that's a positive. So get that in our system. That there's a positive. There's there's some good vibe there. So the the rejection factor should be at a minimum because they have an interest in talking to you. So but but unfortunately, you know, we still innately have that fear of rejection. And so we don't want to ask, you know. Can we move forward with this sale or with this opportunity? Can we go ahead and sign the contract? Because we're afraid they might say, "Oh no," or "I got to think about it," or "We need to bring somebody else in the in, in, in the mix." 
And so we we rather stay on, you know, play safe and say, hey, this is what I got. I'm, I'm laying on my cards for you. So what do you think? Oh, uh, well, you know, why about you call me? No, ask for the sale. Ask for the, there's so many benefits of asking for the sale. One is it, it lets them know that you are confident, and 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 and, and people people respect that. You know, who 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 doesn't want to deal with a confident person? Who doesn't want that? So that's one big piece of the fear of rejection. Another part is also lack of experience. Now I say that I say that respectfully because you know we have I've I've seen people who say I've been in sales for you know thirty years. Yeah, but if you're not asking for the sale, then I don't I don't get it. You you know have sales just been coming to you? Oh, you know, I can understand maybe a newer salesperson is not, you know, not asking for the sale. I understand that. Well, I can, I can, I can understand that. But you, it doesn't matter. That's even the more reason why when you when you're new, you shouldn't. There shouldn't be any fear of rejection. There shouldn't be any bias. Rather, there should. Be, there might be fear. Just ask. You know, ask. Ask for the sale. So anyway, to your to your question, answer your question. The fear of rejection is one piece. The the lack of experience is another piece. But then also, which is which is which is really on the sales professional, is not knowing your audience. So if you're meeting with uh, supervisors or managers or frontline folks when the decision makers are really not in the mix, that's on you. You got to know who your who your audience is. You got to know who the buyers are. You got to know who the who the stakeholders or who are involved in the process are. And then when you are with those people, ask for the sale because the supervisor can't that can't make that call. They might be able to influence it, but they can't make that call. So find out who the right people are, the right stakeholders are, decision makers, and then ask for the sale in front of those people. Yeah, that's and I couldn't couldn't agree more. That's you're right. I, I think there is an element of lack of experience because you don't, as you're kind of. I know earlier in my career, I just didn't. Not that I was afraid necessarily. I think there was an element of that. Um, but um, from the other side of things, really what it came down to was that I didn't know sometimes when, when it was, what was appropriate. Um, I, I, for some reason, didn't want to get someone ups, upset if they weren't ready to tell me that. I don't, I don't know why they would get upset. <laughs> I think as you, you start to get an understanding of the whole entire process and the fact that it's a give and a take and the fact that you're expertise as well as like of course your time um and your willingness to work with these type of folks on a day-to-day basis is worth a lot and once you quantify that and understand that you deserve to understand you know going forward understand if you're going to partner with this person it makes it way easier um and that's what i found i have no problem i just need to it's just waiting for kind of um, not even waiting for the right time. I think really you can ask even early and they, if people aren't ready, they'll just say, Hey, no, we have, um, you know, we're still considering a few people or yeah, we're definitely going with you guys, but I still need to talk with this person or get this type of approval from a budgetary standpoint, the board, whatever it is. So I don't even think there's a bad time to necessarily ask. Um, I think it shows that you're trying to be aggressive and that you actually want to work with them, which I think a lot of clients want to see. Yeah, absolutely. Now, and I've said it before, I've said it again, it, 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 the clients do expect that you ask. Uh, I believe so. Like I, when I'm in a buying situation, 
I, I'm not even expecting the client to ask me, or the, sorry, the, 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 the person to ask me questions. Now, you can't be, you can, you can be awkward about it. You can't ask prematurely. Uh, but I think that when, when the conversation is, is done right, according to the, 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 the processing quote, it, just, it, it makes sense to ask. If you build value, you ask some questions, you know, put yourself in that position. It makes sense to ask. It makes sense. If you don't ask, then it's on you. That's a lost opportunity. Yeah, and 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 think kind of introspectively too. What uh, kind of what you were just saying? Think about how you would respond if someone asked you. You know, I think it's a pretty reasonable request, especially if they're taking time. You're taking time. You're both not trying to waste time. It's if it wouldn't. It's, it's just like thinking about what you say before you say it. You know, um, if, if you think it's going to hurt your feelings, it's probably going to hurt someone else's feelings, um, especially if uh, I'm a pretty laid back type person. Um, so if I think that something is, is going to be completely reasonable, I don't have a problem really asking it. So that's kind of the gauge that I use when it comes to asking for the business. But I would recommend across all of our listeners and um, really anyone in a position, regardless of what you're selling, you have to ask for this at, at some point in the process and try not to make it too late and try to coincide asking for the business with when you need to get things done, like milestones. You need to get this closed by before the end of the quarter or before the end of a certain month. And you're two weeks away and you don't have, you haven't asked for the business and maybe they haven't even looked at the contract yet. You have to really think to yourself, is this going to close? before the end of the month. Um, so I, I think it really, you have to align it with your expectations, your timelines and biggest thing, EJ, and I don't know if you run into this too, is if you don't ask for the business, how can you report confidently back to your manager, back to your CFO, your CEO, your projected close business for that quarter? You know, how are you projecting what you're going to close if you haven't asked people specifically and directly, hey, are you going to go with us yeah. in this quarter? You can't. Yeah. You can't. That's why a lot of times when, when, when folks are asked, oh, what about, what about this ABC opportunity? Uh, when the client said they'll get back to me, that, that just lets me know, yeah, you, you didn't ask for the sale, number one. Number two, well, that's basically what it is. That's basically what you're telling me. Not only did you, you didn't ask for the sale, but you also didn't build, didn't give, didn't give them the confidence. You didn't put enough in it, and there wasn't enough uh, to say to give like some solid feedback. Yeah, the client may say, "I'll get back to you," but what what led them to say that? Did you just leave it in their court, or did you really ask for the sale? And they said, "Oh, we gotta we gotta think about it. We gotta evaluate something and get back to you." If they just said, "Oh, I'm gonna get back to you," then it, it tell, lets me know you didn't you didn't leave them with that comfort. You didn't leave on a solid note for them to for the, for you to have that good report back to your to your team. That's what that tells me. Yeah, yeah, and, and it, that's that's it's so true. And and even if you if you ask for the sale and they say, "Absolutely, we're gonna do it," and I've asked in the past, EJ. Um, can you, you know, can we commit to trying to, you know, targeting to get this done? I'm in the situation right now before the end of the quarter, which is next Friday. Um, and I've gotten commitment from their team. He said, hey, we're going to drive for that. We should, you know, I don't see any problems getting it done before then. Now, is there a possibility that it could 
go another week. Yeah, but it's a much smaller one now. And if the business looks at me and it does for some, some reason or whatever reason, it doesn't end up getting signed by the end of next week, which I'm not going to let happen. But if it didn't, at least I was asking the questions of, hey, is this person going to be in the office and able to sign? Hey, you know, are you guys um, open and willing to get this done by this time frame? You know, if you're asking all those questions and then something unforeseen happens, at least the business looks at you in a serious way and says, okay, it looks like you did everything that you could to get this done. Whereas on the opposite end of things, if you just hoped and assumed and then it didn't end up happening and you don't really have any good details to share, then you're, you're just you're setting yourself up for failure there and you're going to make yourself look bad in a lot of ways. So do everything that you can to get as much information as possible and be as transparent with your clients when it comes to asking for the sale. Because if you don't, you're just, you know, it, things aren't, sometimes they're going to work out for you, but, uh, you know, I'd say great majority of the time they're not. Yeah. You can't, you can't assume, you can't assume this is not, I mean, you can't, I mean, you can assume you just, it just, that's what not be beneficial to, to Yep, that's all. Anyway, let's switch a little bit. I know we wanted to talk a little bit about uh, asking for the sale and and a little bit about pricing, which I'm not sure. Which, you know, I'm sure the audience gets they they get the point here. Yeah, I, you know, I part of asking for the sale is also not being or not not part of not being awkward asking for the sale is also not being awkward saying what your price is or what your yeah. rate is. So the client asks, you know, so it, just, it reminds me of that commercial. I think it's HR, H and R block, where the 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 lady goes up to this accountant and says, "Well, how much would you?" And the guy's like, "Well, I can't really see until we until we finish." And then the HR person says, "Well, HR now is friend. and he's like, "Well, I could give you ballpark," uh, and he's just like, uh, for like fifteen seconds," and she's like, "That's not a price." So, but if you know that commercial, oh, yeah. you get what I'm oh, talking yeah. about. <laughs> but the point is that that's a, that's awkward right there. So I want to ask you, how, give me a, give me a range, and you say I can give a ballpark. Well, give a ballpark. Don't, just be, don't be awkward. Uh, don't be awkward about it. Say what it is. You know, if it's gonna be five thousand, say it's gonna be five thousand or around five thousand, something you know, plus or minus. But say, I was in a buyer situation this week with a client. And I could tell we had gone through the process. She had asked me some really weird questions, whatever. I had to give her some feedback on the questions that she asked me. And and she also came unprepared. But anyway, that's a different conversation. And then we got to pricing, and I asked her her process. She told me what her process was, and I'm waiting for her to tell me. And I, and I actually asked her, so how much would it be? And I could tell she wants to tell me how much it is, but she's concerned that it might be, I might perceive it as being high or on the higher side. And she's just dancing around the question. And I'm like, spit it out already. Like, I almost actually said to her, just tell me what it is. And she's dancing around, dancing, and she finally says the amount. And I'm like, okay. And she's like, well, you know, I usually, and then she starts making a, you know, trying to justify the amount. But in my head, I'm thinking to myself, I'm good with that amount. Like, I'm good with it. So don't, don't, don't discount yourself. I'm good with that amount. So, but anyway, the point is, you, one can be, a lot of people can be really awkward about their price because they think it's, they think the consumer thinks it's expensive. No, if you're, whatever your price is, say it. Now, I'm a big believer in go with your, leave with your best foot, leave with your best price. So if you know you're, you're, you can get it, you can be profitable at $1,000, for instance, don't go up to 1500 because you might lose that client's attention. 
say what it is, a thousand dollars. If you come back to you say, oh, you know what, I really can't. Well, if you can negotiate, if you can discount it, then go ahead and discount it. If you can't, let them know, hey, I gave you my best rate already. I don't, I don't want to go back and forth. I don't want to play that game. This is my best rate, and then put it on them. Uh, but don't, but don't make it awkward. Don't, don't dance around the topic. Answer the question. Yeah, I mean, hey, you're gonna have to talk about it eventually. Why are you delaying? You know, it's, it's just doesn't make sense to me why people. I, I'm honestly, I do it pretty early. Um, especially if you have a really straightforward cost structure, you know, our cost structure is we have a set management fee and then we have a percentage of their monthly AWS or Azure spend. Um, so it's really straightforward. And then we, the only thing is variables are set up fee based on how large their environment is, but I can usually give a range on a, on a first call if I need to, um, it, or a second call. It doesn't really matter to me. I can give them a range and that's a good, cause you don't want to waste your time. You don't want to waste their time. You don't want to waste your time. And putting that out there is a good way of saying, like, if you're not even close, you might not be in the same, you got, you shouldn't be in the same room as this client and they shouldn't be in the same room as you because their expectations were just completely different. Um, if you're just way, way, way too expensive, like I'm talking like multiple, like 50% too expensive. And I've had that happen before and I'm sure you have too, EJ. That's a good way to find out because do you, <laughs> neither of you want to be talking if you're 50% more expensive than what they're willing to pay. And just waiting and feeling, you know, uncomfortable with that isn't gonna take away that fact. So yeah. being transparent about it right off the bat and just letting them know, hey, just don't hold me to this, but this is our typical range. Um, I'll get you an official proposal and we'll go through it uh, once I, you know, talk to my team and we get a little bit more details. But I think that's, that's an approach that's worked for me. Um, and I think that's, you know, it, it works well. I rarely have problems around pricing just because I'm very transparent about it right off the bat. Have you, have you seen similar type situations, DJ? What was the question about, about people being weird around pricing? Yeah, I mean, are you, are you typically someone who will um, be very upfront about it, um, you know, right off the bat? Uh, when, when do you kind of introduce that? Well, the thing for for me, I, I do have a process that I go through. And but if so, if a client asks me early on what my pricing is, I let them know. Hey, I do have um, somewhat fixed rates for certain services, but it also depends on what I'm doing. So part of my I let them know. Part of my process is a discovery. Now, generally for this, this is what I look at. But it depends on where you know where you are, what's need. So I let them know this is generally where where I'll be for that for this particular scope of work. But it depends. These this factors affect that rate. So it might be a little bit more, maybe a little bit less. It, all, it, all, it really depends. But I'll give them an, a, a, an idea that I, would, I can anchor on and kind of go up or down. So yeah, I, I, I let them, because they ask. They ask me. So I want to let them know. I, I won't deflect the question. I will, I, will, I will address it, but then let them know, hey, it, it might be a little bit more or less depending on where you are and what's needed, but this is where you generally be. Yeah, and I think that's totally reasonable. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things, especially. I mean, it really depends too on kind of what you're you're selling. You know, if you're selling something that's you know small business, mid market type work, and it's it's within a certain scope of range, and you can give a, a, a good estimate right off the bat, I I think that it's something that you should do is you know at an earlier part of the process, or if the client asks you, 
Um, doesn't need to be the first call. It can be a little bit down the road, but you want to make sure you're not wasting your time. But even for enterprise type solutions, if you're a you know a consulting firm that comes in and you um, you essentially uh, charge you know high hourly rates, but you do a lot of really 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 high level services in the sense that you're bringing in like you know very very uh, advanced engineering resources, or you have um, you know, like think about like Accenture or something like that. Uh, one of those uh, firms that comes into, you know, the Fortune 50 or Fortune 100, that doesn't preclude them from even, you know, giving a range. You know, hey, listen, right off the bat, you know, we don't do any projects for less than $300,000. I mean, it's just something we, with our resources, we usually, you know, we plug in three, four dedicated resources to your team. We'll work with you for six weeks at least. And that's a minimum, usually around two, three dollars $300,000. You know, if that's something that you guys, you know, that's palatable, uh, you want to continue conversations, that's where we want to start from. Um, doesn't mean that that's what it's going to cost. It's just all about how you frame it. Uh, even if you're selling something that's way, way, way enterprise or you're something that's way on the opposite end, I think it's just good to be transparent and not be afraid of what people are going to say because eventually they got to know. Most definitely. Most definitely. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I, I realized that we've, we've kind of talked, to, uh, gone in depth with uh, being awkward around pricing and awkward around asking for the sales. And I, ho I hope we have, uh, maybe just shift a little bit and get into the networking piece so we ha have some time to cover that piece before we uh, wrap up. So, yeah, we had talked about, uh, I shared a story with, with, uh, with you guys in, back in the green room last week about uh, a networking event that I attended. and. I'll share with the audience real quick the, the, the story and uh, I guess take away the, get some, take some key takeaways from that, that event. So this was a, a luncheon that the mayor of Philadelphia was, was, uh, was the keynote speaker. So, I mean, you can imagine it, do, it drew a big crowd of a lot of people who wanted to come hear the mayor uh, address certain things that happened in the city and give some insight into what's next or what to expect in the city of Philadelphia. And so, I was I was there, you know, got to the, got to the event on time. It was a crowded room, sold out crowd. Um, and so I, I'm I'm gonna share three three things. Uh, let me see, is it three? Well, well, let me two, let me let me go down to two. Let me boil down to two things. So there was a lady who had been a little bit awkward in my view, a little bit awkward all day. And you know, anyway, we were not talking, talking a little bit. All of a sudden, the mayor arrived. And so it was like, oh, take your seat, take your seat. I'm by the door. I see the mayor. I'm like, oh, I'm going to shake his hand before he, he, before he walks in. And this lady is also right there by the door waiting for the mayor to come in. So anyway, the mayor walks in, and she's like, hey, mayor, remember me? And I'm thinking to myself, what? Who are you? Like, how can you ask the mayor of Philadelphia? Who? Now, I had a thought, but I'm not, I wouldn't share that thought. But unless you're really someone special, there is no way he's going to remember you. Unless you're like family or a real good friend or business associate, how can the mayor of Philadelphia know, remember who you are? Unless, like I said, you're really something special, something really hit him about you. Of course, the mayor being a politician says, yeah, yeah, I remember you. <laughs> and I could tell from his expression that he didn't remember, he didn't know who she was. And then she said, yeah, you told me this at this event. And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah I remember. And I was thinking to myself, yeah, that's a politician. He doesn't remember who you are. But, 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 but you know what that, that, that did? That made the mayor feel awkward. 
Because here you are asking him, do you remember me? Of course he's going to say yes, even though he doesn't remember who you are. But now you put him on a spot where in front of other people, he's going to now look like a jerk because he doesn't remember you. So fast forward, the mayor does his, his, his uh, keynote speech, and then he opens it up to the audience to ask questions. This lady's on my table. She has, she has a hand up to ask a question. But guess what? The mayor didn't look in our direction because he remembered her. Oh, you made me feel awkward a few minutes ago, and you want to ask me a question? It made me, even, made me feel even more awkward. He focused his attention to the other side of the room, and all the questions came from that side of the room. Now, I had a question myself, so my hand was up, but because her hand was up on my table, she didn't look our way. And I'm thinking to myself, Donnie, you don't ever want to do that. So the takeaway from that is, doesn't matter. doesn't matter who it is. You don't want to ask someone questions like that. Do you, do you, do you remember me? Because what, what do you expect them to say? No, I don't. Of course they're going to say, yeah, yeah, I remember you, even when they don't. But that puts them on the defensive, makes them feel awkward. That's a no-no. All right. Second situation. Um, I was talking to two people, a lady and a gentleman. We're in a conversation chatting. I didn't know them, so we met at the event. And this guy shows up from nowhere, and he just and he starts he interrupts our conversation and starts talking to this one guy, and I'm and I'm there, you know, listening. He says hi to the guy, and the other guy he ignores me, no problem. But then he starts talking about some some stuff, and I'm like, wait a minute, we were in a conversation, we were talking about something, and all of a sudden you come now with your own thing, and first of all ignore me and. Start talking to these folks. Now, those folks realized he ignored me, and they felt awkward. Like, wait, we were talking with, this, with EJ. We were in a conversation, and you come in and butt in and ignore EJ. Now you change the conversation all of a sudden. And I'm thinking to myself, huh, okay, this, he must be someone of influence. But I'm listening to the conversation. I'm like, wait a minute. This, this, this is not, okay, I got to get out of here. I got I to leave this conversation. I don't want to talk about this. And it turns out that he's actually looking for, for, for work. And he's looking for work, and I have a client who has a position that he could be a fit for. But I'm thinking to myself, nah, I'm not gonna enter. I'm not gonna offer you that because you just you just made me awkward. You just made the whole thing weird. And so my point with that is, he because of his his approach lost an opportunity for me to make an introduction and possibly get him his, his next opportunity, his next job. So the key there is you want to be respectful of people. You don't ever want to come in and take over a conversation, especially when people, I mean, we know that rule. People are, are together talking. You don't want to come in and, and butt in and then take over the conversation. No. You can come in, you listen, listen, and build on the conversation, but not come in and change the conversation. That's, that's a no-no. So yeah. this is my two, my, my two things from the, my, my experience a couple of weeks back from my, uh, an event that I went to. Yeah, it seems like you had some um, some interesting. Well, you're so, you're so uh, observant too. Um, whereas, like those type of things would kind of just completely go over my head sometimes. Uh, I I think the first one would definitely uh, I'd catch it, but um, the second one sometimes when people you know butt in, I don't even I don't even notice because I'm just so all over the place. Um, but you're right, and I think that. The first one, certainly, that that's just so awkward to say. 
you remember me. Like I can't, it just makes me cringe thinking about it. And don't, no matter who it is, whether it's, you know, mayor, governor, someone of importance or someone you're just meeting for the first time or for a second time, but you've met them a long time ago and they might not remember who you are. Never say that because that's just super awkward. Um, and then the second one, yeah, you're right. I mean, if, if they can't, if he can't even just read specific social cues and can't even come to a conversation um, in a, at least, I, I mean, I know I go into conversations sometimes and, and kind of jump in, but I do it in a way where I'm very apologetic, especially if I cut someone off, I'll actually call that out and say, Oh, I'm so sorry. And then I'll start listening. Um, I think that's, that's, that's a good approach for people that don't have, you know, necessarily have that knack for when to work their way into conversations. I think one, like you said, listen, just stand there and listen, you know, and show that you're trying to um, make eye contact and especially for networking events, you know, you're making eye contact, you're kind of um, listening in, shaking your head, you'll get worked into the conversation naturally. Um, or secondly, you know, as you make eye contact with folks, just reach out and just say, hey, this is my name. And then just say, continue something along those lines. Don't necessarily take it over from a thought that you have, unless you have something that's, you know, very valid and you think everyone's going to be um, appreciate. But like you said, it's, it's tough when someone comes in and just starts running their mouth immediately uh, without any type of introduction. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, it made me feel awkward. It made the, the, the guy, I know the guy for sure who I was with felt awkward because he kept looking like, wait a minute, this guy just took over our conversation. Like, it just was odd. We're talking about something really cool, and this guy, he comes in and he starts complaining about the event. And I'm like, wait a minute. We're at the same event, so I just figured, you know, I'm, I have to leave. I, I don't want to be around complainers. I hate to be around complainers. And and that and then it ends up being that he doesn't even have a job. He's looking for a job. I'm like seriously, dude. <laughs> anyway, I just I just I I'm, I'm glad I shared it this week and not last week because I was so mad last week. I could have cursed a, li- a lot more. But yeah, those are those are no good. No, those are like do not. The, the, you don't want to do these at events. Yeah, that's a, that's definitely a no go. Um, and along that same topic, I know we're gonna wrap up soon, but um kind of along the same, same lines, as far as these type of business events. Um, I was talking with a colleague of mine recently who just, uh, hasn't one, he moved recently, um, to another part of the country. So that's one thing kind of starting brand new, but two, he's, he came from a non sales background prior, um, was doing more consulting type work and now is in a, in a position where he needs to really ramp up his pipeline. And I think you and I would agree that the best way to to get the best deals outside of, you know, cold calling and cold emailing, which for me has been, it's, it's, you need to do it, but at the same time you're starting from zero. Whereas if you're referred by someone, I think you're starting from 50% already, which is more ideal. Um, so I, I was talking with him and he was asking me just, what do I need to do to build an ecosystem and a network um, in this in this new area? And one of the things that he said, which kind of goes to this conversation, is I go to these events and I'm just, I'm just it's just so awkward. Um, and I remember feeling that way. I don't know if you ever felt this way, EJ, but I remember when I was living in the DC area and going to these events because I I I honestly I had a job where leads came from elsewhere, came from our site, 
It came from Microsoft, a couple of different things. Um, and I felt like I didn't need to build a network around there because I didn't need to find them because I could service anyone in the world uh, with the hosted service we had. And I would go to these events and I was like, one, I felt like a lot of people were sucking up to the people who were really connected in that area. Um, two, I didn't know how to broach situations and conversations, kind of like your your boy from the uh, the other day. Um, and you just felt kind of forward. Boy. It, it was weird. Um, and I get that. But now I don't see that at all. I go to these things and I just start talking with everybody. And I can organically bring up conversations. How did you make that switch? I'm not really even sure how I did it. I think I did it just through going to more and more and more and more and more events and just getting so comfortable being uncomfortable that now well, that uncomfortableness is just gone. No, you, 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 you're right. I don't, I don't, even, I don't, even, I don't know. I don't know how I, well, when the switch happened, I, I can't tell you. Yeah, a lot of, I have some background echo. I don't know if it's me or you, but, um, but I, 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 what I can say is with practice. So I don't remember my, my first networking event, uh, but I know that with time, I got more comfortable with myself, just got comfortable with be, being uncomfortable in a room that I don't know people. Um, I think ultimately going in, going in, checking my ego at the door, going in willing to learn um, about or find out about people, learn, make new connections, learn about things that I don't know, um, and, and look for ways to make connections. That's what I, that, when I go to events, yeah, obviously I'm going to, to grow my business. I want to meet people. I want to make new connections. But I'm also going to find out what's going on. I want to have some fun. I go in light. I don't go in with any kind of agenda. Um, the, the intention is, of course, to grow my business. But I don't go in any agenda with, you know, I'm going to sell it. No, I just I go in light. Uh, but but it, it is a practice. I can imagine my first event. I'm sure if I had a tape to play my first event and my most recent event last night, I'm sure there's a, there's a whole world of difference between who I was then and who I was last night. Uh, but it is, it, is, it is practice. It is getting comfortable. Uh, I, sometimes I know people in the room. Sometimes I don't know anybody. But I'm all about making friends and making meeting new people, making new connections, and not trying to drive my agenda. I don't know it all, so I go in to learn and, and, and explore and have fun. So that that's what that's how I that's who shows up at events. Yeah, that's. I think uh, I, I took a similar type path, um, but it's. It, I think just like anything, and it's this sucks because I always wish there was a silver bullet for being better at networking and giving suggestions to people about how to improve themselves when it comes down to it. But just like anything, it's practice, it's attending, it's putting in the reps. And the more you do it, the more successful you'll be. Um, I went to two events yesterday and it was just, it was the all NCAA type stuff and go there with, you know, the intention to enjoy yourself, but also to have some, you know, positive, meaningful conversations, get some business cards, even if they're people that aren't in the same industry as you, or, you know, you might think you might not be able to do anything with them, make the conversation as impactful as possible and go away from that, follow up with them. And who knows what it'll, you know, yeah, bear fruit down the, down the road. So, uh, yeah, we at least touch on 
that because you had some pretty interesting stories from the past uh, two weeks. And I, I haven't had uh, any any bad ones recently. I, I feel like most of the people I've ran into over the past, you know, couple months at networking events have been, uh, uh, you know, normal and uh, kind of comfortable in those settings. But it is interesting when you see someone a little fish out, you know, fish out of water type situation. I like how you contrasted that to normal. Yeah, some people, some some situations are not normal. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> cool man. Well, I'm sure that there, there there will be more there'll be more in the future about awkwardness and asking for the asking for the sale and paying your price and in networking events, networking in general. So yeah, this was good. I didn't think we would talk so much about, this, but yeah, it, it is. Um, there's always more to learn. I mean, even for myself, I realized um, yesterday I was at an event. I was at three events yesterday, and I realized, hmm, okay, next time I'm gonna do this differently. So there's always room to grow. Always, always, always more to learn. So, yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, now it's always a great conversation, and this is uh, but one asking for you know business and price and all that type of stuff always comes up, and I think that's something that myself and I think I hope our listeners are. Um, are really looking to uh, to make sure that you take ownership of that. And then secondly, when it comes back to uh, uh, to networking and how not to uh, not to suck, uh, that's uh, th- there's a couple little tidbits in there for everyone. So um, I hope this was a, an enjoyable session. I know that I enjoyed it as always, and it flew by like it always does. Um, so thanks, EJ. I appreciate it, my man. And um, thanks to all of our listeners. Um, go subscribe on iTunes and. Uh, SoundCloud and everywhere you can find the podcast.